Welcome to the Darcel Andre podcast, where all sides of me live. Prepare for a turbulent flight through music, spirit, culture, tears, and poetry. If you think you have me figured out, you don't. <laughs> but it's cute that you thought you did. I have not actually publicly talked about my sexuality. I know I've made posts about it <laughs> um, here and there, not just like a, you know, you don't go to my bio and see the bisexual flag. Uh, that's just not a thing. Um, and not for any particular reason. I just, just don't really have a need to express that in that way. And of course, that's me. Um, but, you know, I think that it is something that is very pivotal to my um, story. And as this is my podcast, I said, hey, we got to talk about bisexuality and how my bisexuality expresses itself. Because, you know, everybody is very different in how they think about things and how um, they measure things within their life, if they measure it at all. But I know that um, going all the way back to when I was a child, I did not really think about boyfriends and girlfriends. Like, that was not a thing for me. I never, um, never really wanted that. Um, even middle school... I wasn't even interested in that high school barely um I wasn't really interested in that what I knew all the while was that you know I had a sexual attraction to um boys and girls but I did not know how to categorize that. I did not understand that language. And I don't know if I actually felt safe expressing that. Um, safe in the sense of that it would be understood or that I had a space to have that conversation. I, I didn't believe that. So, you know, because it was not a pressing matter for me, um, I kind of let it just simmer to the side. And then I realized, y'all, the struggle that it was for me really understanding a romantic attraction or rather having a romantic attraction to guys um, was my own preconceived notions. It was my own ignorance. You know, I remember saying, like, I know that there's a sexual attraction there, but I do not know. Like, I don't want to be sitting there laying on a big, strong man's chest. Like, dear God. And then societal thoughts. I'm like, who's going to propose? Like, who's going to open the door? Who's going to pay? Like, how does that even work? How does that? And so it was very trivial. But, you know, society um, is not really interested in anything deeper than the surface at times. Um 
And it was because I was that I was able to single-handedly pull myself up out of that. Um, because as you all might have heard me talk religiously, um, I don't deal with the structures. I don't deal with um, what people say things are supposed to be and how things are supposed to be. I'm in constant rebellion to that because most of it is done to control. And all the narratives that I heard about bisexual people or gay people um, has always been from a negative perspective and a negative stance. And so, of course, when I was younger, that really molded my mind, you know, and I've had a very interesting journey. Um, I, I was not able to come out to my father, um, who I think, of course, being an older man growing up in the 1940s in the South, I think that he would have not liked that. But I am comforted by knowing that my father loved me. So there. So whether or not he agreed with that, he still loved me, period. So I, you know, I wasn't. That, that was just not really the thing, but he transitioned before I got completely clear about myself, you know? Um, and so that's that. Um, because I know my father loved me, I don't really have thoughts of would he accept that or not. He loved me and he made sure that I knew that. Now, how I came out to my mother, I think I wrote a letter and I put it on her car seat when she was going to work. And, um, you know, my biggest concern y'all was the fact that, you know, I'm still a man, you know, that was always what the view was on queer or gay people, gay men that, you know, it is emasculating to be that way. So, I was more concerned with my mother still seeing me as a man, you know, um, than I was even the accepting the sexuality part, you know. Um, and my mother texted me and said, I've always known who you were and you are whoever God made you to be. And I love you. I'm not going to cry on the podcast, <laughs> but I am very blessed to have a mother and a family um, that doesn't care about that and that is more concerned with my happiness above all things. And I understand that that is a privilege and a lot of people don't have that. However, if they weren't, um, you know, that would have been a problem for them because, you see, I was raised to be very independent. I was raised to be whoever it was that I was. I was raised to be direct. I was raised to be very clear. And I was raised to be unwavering on what it was that I knew to be true. Um, even if it was opposite of what my parents knew. But, you see, I was allowed that freedom of disagreement. I was allowed that freedom of choice. And a lot of people, a lot of children are not allowed that um, in a, as far as a freedom of thought. 
and expression, but I was. Now, of course, that didn't lend itself to being disrespectful, but as far as my mind, they always allowed me to be free in that. Um, and so I was already programming. Now, also, they would they knew that even if they had a problem with it, they shouldn't say it because if they did, you know, um, my tongue is very deadly and vicious, and it really wouldn't have no effect, no way. So there, but you know, as a bisexual man, there's a lot of things that you confront um, that um, you can't be prepared for. One is that I have experienced so much um, by erasure, erasure, um, and in the sense, and what I mean by that is. Um, you know, people not believing that bisexuality is a real thing, but they understand it for women and however they don't understand it for men, right? And that I know is a societal view that women are more freaky or exotic. And that comes from, of course, a patriarchal lens. Um, but, you know, the invalidation that I received um in particular from people who are gay, gay black men, exactly, who are like, um, ah, no, you you ain't bisexual, you gay. And now I'm going to gather them up here. Just because gay men hid themselves underneath my sexuality um, doesn't mean that everybody is fictitious. I'll say that again. Just because gay men in their stages of being comfortable with who they are hid underneath the false label attached to them of bisexuality um, does not invalidate those of us who really are bisexual. That's it. Um the questions come up as far as like, have you ever dated women? Like I've never seen you with women. I've never seen that. I have dated women. Yes, I have. And two of the women I dated who, uh, two of the women that I dated cheated on me. So there's that, <laughs> but I most certainly have, um, have I dated men? I most certainly have. Um, do I have a preference of who, um, I would rather be with or who I like more. I do not. Um, I like who is compatible and I like who treats me well. Um, and that's it. You know, one of the things that also comes up is sexually like, okay, well, what are you going to do sexually when it comes to a man? You know, there's uh, different terminologies like a, a bottom, a top, a verse or anything like that. My thing is this, and this is just me. I'm the type of person that whoever it is that I love, whatever they need me to be, that's what I'm going to be. Whatever they need me to do, that's what I'm going to do. And that's just point blank, period. End of story. Next. <laughs> Next. Um, but I find, all that being said, I find that there are more men that are willing to date me than there are women that are willing to date me because, you know, nah, 
you know, women have a perspective of, you know, it's almost an embarrassment um, to be with a man that is attracted to men. And then there's also this ridiculous narrative that both men and women share about bisexual people um, is that we are more prone to cheat. Um, What? That's nuts to me. Um, A cheater is a cheater, regardless of what sexuality they are. Um, That is a commitment issue, not an attraction concern. Okay. And some people feel that it would be better to be cheated on by the same sex, excuse me, cheated on with the same sex than with the opposite. No, with the opposite sex and not the same. You see, it's just confusing because the the logic is not there. Okay. Um, A cheater is a cheater, period. Um, And I, as a Leo, and as anyone who is close to me, they know that loyalty is the number one thing for me, period. Loyalty, dear God, that is everything. The moment you interrupt my trust, listen, it's over. The moment the moment my trust is broken, oh, oh, it's, it's done. It, we, we can be finished with this. I don't make trust recoveries. I do not. Okay, that's just it. And, and and the spirit is still working on me, I guess. But I don't. I don't. I believe everybody when they do what they do. So, you know, the assumption that bisexual men are going to be cheaters or are this or freaky and just want to have sex with everybody. You know, it, it is grossly ignorant. Simply not true in any form or fashion. So that's that. And so but that perspective is shared by both gay men and straight women um it is shared and it's hard even being a bisexual man uh man dating gay men because they have a fear that i'm going to leave them for a woman um, because she can have a baby okay so that's insulting to me personally because you know I went into this knowing that you don't have a womb, sir. I went into this knowing that. And uh, I have enough um, 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 care and I am reasonable enough to realize that if I want a child and you are my partner, we're going to have to find another way to get those children. I'm clear on that. And I'm not going to say that the fear is invalid or whatever, but it's invalid with me because it is making an assumption that I don't know what I want, that um, I, my mind is fickle. Okay. And on a whim, I'm going to uproot the whole life because I just had a breakthrough as to what I really want. And um, no, that's not me. And I've had a lot of um, arguments surrounding this topic. And I know on Twitter, it's a huge conversation on bisexuality and bisexual men, you know, but we have to be clear on why it's a concern and why people cannot support two men kissing on TV, but find two women kissing on TV hot. It is because it's from a patriarchal lens and the patriarchal lens is hyper-masculine. 
and the hyper masculine thinks lowly of the feminine. So because um, that is how it is, you know, queer men, black men in particular receive a lot of flack for displays of femininity. And I also try to tell people, I said, let me tell you something, sister women with your boyfriends and husbands. I don't know if you feel more secure with the fact that he is homophobic. Um, but if he is homophobic, he is not attacking men because they have a scrotum. Okay. And a penis. He is attacking men verbally because they are expressing femininity. Homophobic men don't attack men for their beards and mustaches. Homophobic men attack queer men because of their displays of femininity, meaning that they think that femininity makes one weaker. And if a man is expressing himself with whatever society deems as a feminine form of expression, then he must be weak. Well, um, the jig is up, sis, because if you are the feminine one with him, he thinks you are less than him as well. So what we have to understand is that this form of thinking is definitely insidious and uh, insidious meaning um, growing in, in devastation, worsening and worsening slowly over time. So it's okay for right now it seems cool. It seems hot to have the homophobic man, you know, that is tough and hyper-masculine. And let's be clear, that happens also in the queer community. You have gay men, queer men, who are attracted to the hyper-masculine alpha male. And now we've just found ourselves in a toxic heteronormative relationship. Yikes. Not me. But... You know, all that being said, when it comes to relationships in general, you know, I w I've just never really been obsessed with that. Um, but if you ask me, do I want love? Yes, I do. If you ask me, do I want partnership? Yes, I do. If you ask me, do I want to be married or heavily, divinely committed? Yes, I do. And I want children. And I'm going to have them. Period. Four. Four children. Mark my words. <laughs> I do. I want all of that. I'm just not um, a quote unquote uh, hopeless romantic. I'm just not that. But I, I enjoy. I, I enjoy love. I enjoy that. I enjoy the type of person that I am. Let me tell you something. Listen. I don't really like the term extra because that always leads itself to being obnoxious, but I do the absolute most for the people that I am interested in. I remember making an entire book of photography and poetry to ask someone out to date me. I am, listen, and I had dates, I have Dates planned out and scheduled out and all of that. All of that. I'm that type of person. I'm that type of, a, I'm very attentive. I'm very nurturing. Like on some, like, I hope you get sick, like get a fever so I can take care of you. Like that's how, 
<laughs> That's how I am. I'm like, what are you? Do you have a code? Thank God. Go in there and rest. I'm gonna take care of you. I'm that type of person. I just am. Um so I guess the other, so now leaning to that, like that nurturing element, um, people automatically think that I maybe want to be paired with a a more masculine energy having person. And when we're talking about masculine, we're talking about the aesthetic. We ain't talking about the spirit, okay? Because that's also something that pisses me off. People try to mix up spiritual energy with aesthetic. That's not it. Okay. So they think that, you know, because I'm nurturing or they may see more of my feminine energy, uh, feminine aesthetic, um, that uh, I want a hyper masculine or like a really masculine partner. Mm -mm, Not necessarily. I enjoy and am highly attracted to the feminine aesthetic. Highly. Like times a trillion. Seriously, you know, I'm highly attracted to um, androgynous uh, aesthetic. Um, I love that. I love all of it. And I'm attracted to, you know, the masculine aesthetic. I love it all. You know, and perhaps it's because I'm really in it for the person and not just the appearance. And that's what gets the children tripped up. They be in it for the appearance and not the person. I'm seeking the person. And if the person um, reaches and touches, you know, my heart and my soul and my essence in a way, you know, I don't care how you show up. I just want you to be clean and clear. Can you do that? If you're clean and clear, listen, hey, I'm here for it. I'm here for the things. And, you know, have I had heartbreaks and things? I have. Um, but I've also done a lot of self-work, so I'm clear enough to know when people's head was full of rocks. And I'm also clear enough to know when I perhaps may have... um jump the gun but I don't care I'm moving on the spirit and if I feel a a rambling in my belly to do something that's what I'm going to do and I'm going to do it then I'm going to give it everything that I got and that's just me so listen if you are okay you try to hey you're looking at Darcy like hey Darcy looks good you know you know slide in the DMs okay And, you know, dating, are there people that, is there anyone that I'm talking to? Maybe. Maybe not. Allegedly. Allegedly there is. Allegedly. Or is there? The children will know when they know. But um, I just think that the society that we live in um it's very finicky as it pertains to labels and who gets to tote them and who gets to identify with them. You know, when we all have to sit here and realize that all this shit is made up in the first place. The only thing that is real is me and you um, 
and love. That's it. That's all that's real. So you being identified as this or you calling yourself this or people saying you're this or that, all of this is English language. And this is things that humans have created to to um, sort of categorize people. And in reality, we are all soul. We are all souls who have a body. And that's important, more important even, is our physical body and our complexion and our color and our race and our ethnicities and and and, and nationalities and, and identifications and identities. Is all that important? Yes, it is. But when you get rid of all of that and you remove the history that has caused these shifts and divisions, um, you're a soul, baby. You're a soul. And I am guided by my soul. And therefore, I am attracted to my soul mate or mates. I'm led by the soul. I'm led by the spirit. And I'm okay with that. And some people may think I'm too prude or I'm too up in the clouds. Well, I don't give a fuck what you think. Let's be clear. Um, So there. Um, Because I'm clear that the person that's supposed to be with me and a part of my life on this journey is someone that loves me. Five foot four loves me. Beard or no beard loves me hair or no hair loves me clear skin or acne loves me tip top shape or overweight loves me i want somebody that loves me that's who i'm looking for because that's what i offer period 